Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having our guest, Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, with us. She is a doctor of psychology, an international speaker and philanthropist, a skilled horsewoman, and my favorite, she has given Girl Powerful so much support from her foundation, Women Connect for Good. Dr. Nancy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, speaking to me and sharing this wonderful mission uh, because we're all in this together, every one of us. Yes, we are. I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about who Nancy was as a young girl. Where did your confidence stem from or your eagerness to be, you know, get a great education and help others? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually would be the reverse because uh, I often start out by saying, I really probably, if I, if I thought back to when, you know, I was a girl and where I am today, I thought I'd probably be the last person you'd be talking to. I was the ultimate tomboy. You know, I didn't see girls when I was growing up having fun. You know, I didn't want to play with dolls. I, I really had nothing, there was nothing traditional about me. So boys came to my house, not to date me, but to play sports. <laughs> I, I kick a ball for the, the most guys. I played baseball. I loved driving in my bike, but I really, really had a hard time being a girl. So, you know, I can speed up and tell you what happened later, but, uh, you know, I really struggled being a girl. I did not see girls being valued as much as boys at that time. And as I said, it looked like boys were having a lot more fun than I was having. So I really, a lot of my my friends were boys and until of course I got older and I still remember my older sister saying to me Stephanie said Nancy when are you ever going to be a girl and I I looked at her and I thought what are you talking about so the first thing I could think of I'd always see Stephanie wearing rollers in her hair so I went and put rollers just right on the side of my head and I thought well there you go I'm a girl now but you know (laughs) Even further, fast forward, you know, again, boys became more more important to me in other ways, right. uh, marriage, college, marriage, babies. And then, you know, I had really no, first of all, I had no intention of getting married. And second of all, I had no intention of having children. Well, you know, God, she has a, good, a really good sense of humor. My first daughter arrived and I went, oh, no, no, that can't be right. I would have, I was sure I would have a boy. And then my second daughter arrived and I went, oh, no, 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 this, there's really something going on here. When my third daughter arrived, I realized something very important. It was going to be important for me to understand and to leave a legacy for my daughters and for all the young girls and women in the world that maybe felt like I did, that didn't feel valued, didn't right. feel like they had a place and didn't understand the importance of being a girl and the importance of being a woman. Right. I mean, I feel like it's really interesting. You were just beating to your own drum. I have fun with the boys. I'm going to go play. There wasn't really a gender stereotype because you were just going off of your feelings. Yeah, other than, but again, what was going on were people that saw me not acting as a girl, acting more boyish, 
right. stepped in and said, wait a minute, you're not, you're not acting traditional. I still remember the first time I got my Barbie doll. I don't know when you, it seemed like, it seemed like that was a rite of passage that every girl would get a Barbie doll. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at this doll and thinking, I'll never look like that. I'll never be like that. And I, I really, I, I really kind of, uh, <laughs> I was very abusive towards her. <laughs> <laughs> I abused my Barbie, but uh, you know, again, and again, thinking back and watching what society and what culture does to girls right. by, you know, handing me a Barbie mm-hmm. and, and nobody looks like a Barbie. No, no girl, no woman will ever look like a Barbie, you know? So, so we were, we were given models and we were given things that we were supposed to be and do uh, that oftentimes for me didn't make any sense at all. Right. Yeah. Did you have anybody you looked up to outside of your home? who really saw you and valued you and heard you? You know, I, I was very lucky. I had two grandmothers, Mom and Nancy, who I was named after. She was big Nancy and I was little Nancy, but Mom and Nancy basically ran a company, a, a very large jewelry company, and uh, was was very, she would command. We would go into it. She would take me, uh, you know, I love going to lunch with her. She'd take us into, a, take me into a restaurant and they would always want to put us in the worst table in the in the in the restaurant. She would point her finger to the one she wanted. She goes, "No, no, no. We want to sit over there." So she had this this little four foot and five woman commanded a certain amount of uh, respect everywhere she went, and she and she was very very you know she talked extremely well. She presented very well. And my other grandmother, who was very loving and passionate and cared for others. So I really did. I was very blessed to, to have two grandmothers who were really great role models for me. My other grandmother helped run. Uh, she was she worked with uh, her her husband at taking care of a, a church and a, and a senior citizen uh, company. You know, so I mean, I watched them and how they were handling their situations and. They both did it differently, but with still grace and style. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of my Aunt Dottie, my grandma's sister. She was one of the first independent women in our family. And we grew up in Springfield, Missouri. So or we were born in California, grew up in Springfield. So we'd go back and forth. But every summer she'd take us to like Walt Disney Concert Hall and we'd go to lunch in Beverly Hills. And I saw this other life that I wasn't used to in Missouri. And I just idolized her so much. And she was just the same, like, you know, like we want the best seat in the house. And she wasn't afraid to like say what she wanted, you know? And like, yeah. you know, we only live for a short time. She's like, I want to have my nieces at this table. Yeah. <laughs> and well, she showed us so much beautiful. And I was lucky. My mother also was a realtor, a real estate agent in Washington, D.C. And so she would take me and uh, they used to carry, they had phone call, uh, phones for the cars that carried around in a box so she had a box phone which back then was really cool yeah. and uh, you know, I, I listened to my mother you know the gift of gab I, I'd say that probably my mother on the phone making deals and mm-hmm. doing contracts really helped me too so yeah I had some good role models for uh, for what I, what I did later in life but again I still was struggling with being a girl myself though but still was lucky to have some good role models that's amazing yeah, my sister Teddy was like that. They always would, she would, she was such a tomboy. She'd wear like huge Nike jackets 
And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was because going through puberty and like, she didn't want anyone looking at her body and no one really talked to us about it. So they would always like, she'd wear a ball cap and she played on an all boys sports team. So they'd oh. be like, is he with you? And I'd be like, that's my sister. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and it's okay that she's dressing like that. But I'm just no, I, thankful yeah. it's evolved into letting people be accepted. for. Well, I, you know, I'm so excited about what you all are doing, girl power. Women connect for good and girl power. We're 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 definitely locking, you know, locking in and connecting with the same things. Which is again, you're talking about your mission is to give girls self esteem mm-hmm. and, and and understanding and and confidence. And women connect for good. Really, that's what really we do. Right. Is that we're all about supporting women, supporting other women, mm-hmm. and and that's something traditionally that I did not see growing up necessarily. And sometimes I still don't see that happening necessarily. Right. So, so I think we still have work to do in that respect, but uh, it's wonderful to connect with organizations like yours. By the way, I also, uh, actually I am in Springfield, Missouri right now. So <laughs> I live in Cal, I live, we, we're, we're crossing paths. I live in California, but I still have a home here in Springfield. I came back for a wedding. And so, oh, yeah. yeah, Springfield, yeah. Springfield is a lot different than uh, California. It's a lot different than Washington, D.C. And yeah. diversity yeah. And, inclu- and inclusion uh, are still extremely important, especially in some of the smaller towns and cities. So Girl Powerful did a trip to back to Springfield, Missouri in a rural area, Monette, with some of your grant money you gave us. And we brought, we did our Girl Powerful workshop. So we were celebrating the girls' strengths and capabilities and then we also incorporate movement into it, but we also brought fresh food because we had been told that there was food scarcity there. And so we brought fresh clementines, grapes, organic popcorn, all this organic food for the children. And it was like, it was a Christmas day. Yeah. And, you know, it like pains your heart to know that they're going through that, but to be able to go and connect with the children in that way and be like, if you are at a 7-Eleven or you do have $5, like, it's like this makes you feel better versus a bag of chips. So it's, yeah. it's so interesting. Like once you start working and helping people, like you realize all of their needs and it's like, you need, you need fuel for your brain and fuel for your body. You need to move your body. And then you also need to celebrate your own capabilities. And that makes you have high self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, there's a simple question that I, I tell women to, to use often. And it's how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing uh, how when a simple sentence can open so many, so many possibilities and opportunities by just asking, how can I help you? Yeah. And then, you know, or, or asking for help, asking for what you need. And that's not always as easy as right. saying, how can I help you? But it's, 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 it's interesting when we get into the helping profession, as you said, when you when you give of yourself, as as sometimes as little as it is, it's more powerful than anything else in the world. I know it really is. That's a beautiful question. What do you need help with? Yeah, um, I know you also serve communities after a crisis, which Teddy and I are really impressed by. So, have you ever seen a miracle happen, or do you have a really good story after Katrina or nine eleven? About you. Well, I was all over Missouri too, Pierce City. I mean, I was all over the country doing uh, uh, crisis response. 
You know, the one thing that I can say about being a crisis responder, you know, people are basically, or just really, it surprised me how wonderful they are during the worst of times. Because when people come together to help one another, amazing things happen. So I think that that's what I learned from being a crisis responder is that over and over again, uh, you know, not only were people very gracious about receiving help, but the fact that they, they this help was going, was being given in such a way, it was bringing people together. That, that in itself was a miracle. It's just watching how people during the worst of times can sometimes be at their very, very best. That's so true. That's so true. Have you ever like real talk felt tired or over it when you like give and give and give? How do you recharge and like take a pause? Cause you have to fill your own cup too. Well, I, I think, I think what's important for anyone who is in the caring uh, and giving uh, profession, especially if you do, if you're doing some charitable, some, some giving, a lot of giving and caring, I think you have to have other things in your life. Well, first of all, yeah, taking care of yourself is number one. And this is what we spend a lot of time talking to women in general about is first, you have to take care of yourself. You're not going to be good to anybody else if you're not well and you're not healthy and you don't have energy. So number one is taking care of yourself. So oftentimes I, I, when I start to get grumpy mm -hmm. and I start to feel uh, you know, overwhelmed, uh, I realize I'm not taking care of myself. So that really is about you know, taking time off. Uh, I also, another hobby, uh, I, I have an equestrian center, I ride horses. So to me, my, my life is about giving and caring, but I also have something that I'm very passionate about that's for me. Yeah. You know, I love it, I share it, I breed horses and I'm with other people that ride, but, but I think we all have to have something in our lives that truly we're passionate about and gives us great joy. Not that caring and doing what we're doing doesn't, it's just that we have to sometimes do things for ourselves, just for right. ourselves. And That's great and advice. Not, and not feel guilty and not feel selfish or, you know, right. that we actually do something for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. And it's advice for any age too. So whether yeah. you're, you're a teenager, you're like a new mom, you know, you're my age, figuring it all out. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, it's so important to find one thing that really fuels your soul and it helps you do your soul well, work. I, I start my day with meditation and then, of course, exercise, uh, you know, something that gets the body moving, but, but also the mind and the body coming together. But finding things that actually help you to just relax. And that's something you have to teach the body to do if they're like you, probably, that, that are going 100 miles an hour every day. Yeah. You have to learn to do that, but, yeah. uh, and it's okay to get a massage, by the way, massages are very therapeutic. I wouldn't be yeah. riding today. I wouldn't be riding today if it wasn't for my massages. So yeah. we have to take care of ourselves to be good caretakers of others. Yes, that's for sure. We were working with um, a federal housing unit and we would go once a week after school. And it was kind of like therapy for the girls because it was their safe space to just talk you know, and have us listen and then have their peers say, you know, I feel the same way. And they, you know, a lot of times they don't have anyone to share their feelings with, but it was like a lot of the stuff was so sad and so upsetting. And you want to like, as a nurturing person, you want to fix it. Or you want to tell their teacher, tell their caseworker, tell somebody what's going on. 
but sometimes it can be like detrimental, like they'll pull them out of school or their home life isn't safe. So we were told that when you're in a traumatic environment, like repeatedly, you could actually absorb their trauma. You you have to debrief. That was something that as a crisis responder, we had to do after every day, especially after 9-11. We would meet together as a group and sit down and talk about the day. And it, it really is important to debrief and talk about the things that really bother you because your body doesn't know the difference whether it's real or not real. Right. And this is important for you to understand that talking about what's bothering you is just as important as talking about what's bothering them. Right. But it's also important to, to realize that on a regular basis. So you and your sister mm-hmm. need to sit back down at the end of the day and go, wow, that was that was a tough conversation with that little girl, this little right. girl, this or whatever. And, and, and understand that, by the way, you can't fix everything. And there are a lot of things that you can't fix, period. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just glad we can be there. But that's where like positive self-talk does come into play. And that's something I've had to learn through the evolution of Girl Powerful. And like we teach it all the time, but sometimes like you have to remind yourself, oh, you have to practice what you preach because yeah, your mind and your body believes what you say. So even if like you're joking or being sarcastic, it's like, I feel like a lot of times you absorb that feeling or that statement. Well, we, we, I call that stinking thinking when we <laughs> say negative things to ourselves or other people because yeah. you're right. The body listens to everything that you're saying. So stinking thinking, woulda, coulda, shoulda, <laughs> and all the things you know, that, that we say to ourselves, oh, I'm not, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. And girls need to understand that too. Uh, you know, she's prettier than I am. I'm not as smart as she is. She's thinner than I am. She's, she looks, she, you know, she does that better than I am. That's what we have to stop ourselves. Girls and women and all people have to stop the woulda, coulda, shoulda and stop the stinking thinking. Yes, we do. (laughs) How did you role model that for your home with your daughters? Um, Well, you know, and again, having three daughters was definitely a learning situation for me. The first person I had to work with was me. You know, and I think that's what mothers have to understand is that your daughters are going to absorb and, and watch everything you say and do, whether you like it or they like it. It's still a part of what goes on. So, you know, I, I you know, tried my very best. I didn't always do my very best. And, you know, I've, I've apologized for the things I couldn't do, but I did the best I could. Yeah. But to, to, you know, show them my education, the jobs I had, the people I spent time with, I also took them with me to volunteer to do things as well. They helped with uh, the nursery, the crisis nursery when I was working with foster uh, children that were in foster care and working with the mothers. Uh, I took them with me. Um, actually, most of my daughter, all three of my daughters are in the caring profession. So I think that caring uh, is that sharing that you give to your children. And like I said, I came from a family also that really it was, I, I was basically taught it was your responsibility to take care of those who needed help. So that was built into my DNA. Yeah. Oh, I built it into theirs too. <laughs> yes. That's beautiful. I know we always tell our friends like every, cause sometimes they're, you know, when you get into a cycle and it's like, you don't have children around. So it's like, unless you're a teacher or a parent, you kind of forget what it's like to be a teenage girl or a preteen. 
and we're, yeah, it's tough. And we're like, you know, they're watching everything that we say and everything that we do. Yeah. So it's so important when you're around children to be that. Oh way. yeah. When, when, a, when a woman, I mean, like yourself, when, I'm sure when these girls see you, they're so excited to ask you 20,000 questions about this and that and that, because really, I mean, they're just little emotional sponges and everything is new. And, you know, let's face it, what we see and what we hear and what we read is very, can be very damaging. You know, the media pushes girls and boys to be, boys to be strong and perform and girls to be pretty and to be thin, even girls, I mean, as young as they are, and they're constantly seeing models of something that they can't possibly uh, be like and can't, and should not compare themselves with. So I think as adults, especially as women, we have to continue to tell our, our children and these girls, especially what you see is not always real. You can't believe everything you see, you know, and, and you walk up to the checkout at any store and there's 20 magazines, you know, all the magazines are there, but how much of it is true? Not much, not all of it at all. It's sensationalism. And so we have to continue to help ground our children and ground each other to understand don't believe everything you read and see and you know basically we're all trying to be human and it's it's just as tough for you as it is for me at times right i know that's why we push so much about like saying why do you love yourself why are you awesome what are you good at what do you excel in and we we start with girls at age eight and we do that because that's before puberty so they're building this strong sense of self before kind of life takes them and exposes them to new things they're going to be more concrete in who they are and what they like or who they feel good around all those, you know, the emotional education that we really didn't have when we were growing up. Well, you're teaching them also to have a voice, which is so (laughs) very important. The sooner we can, we, as girls and women start using our voices, we become leaders. That's how we become a leader is by using our voice and using our talents and using our abilities. We're all unique, we're all different and starting to use this as early as possible uh, is always positive for all of us. It's the best whenever we get parent testimonials and they'll, they'll like email us and be like, like someone was making fun of her food at lunch and she's a little sixth grader. And she stood up and she's like, why are you making fun of the food I'm eating? And the the parents will be like, this is because of Girl Powerful. And sometimes, you know, that could develop into an eating disorder or, you know, like isolation because she doesn't want to sit at the lunch table anymore. But she kind of stuck, you know, she stood up for herself and told her, hey, you can't talk to me that way. Yeah. I was like, go. (laughs) I was so excited when I got that email. I I still remember all the mean things that kids said to me. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was small for my age. They called me shrimp. I had skinny legs. They called me beanpole legs. I had, I had buck teeth. So those bucky beef, I mean, the the things that children say to each other, it's, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. And what they see is so hard. So Having someone to tell them, just to ground them and to tell them that they're okay and yeah. that they're doing great is just, it's so powerful. Girl powerful, definitely. Girl powerful. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, and then I wanted to know for women, because you support women and you lift women up, what are three tips you could give to a woman who is maybe not feeling so confident or yeah. not feeling secure in herself? Yeah. 
Well, Lift Women Up, first of all, you know, it starts with each one of us. Uh, the Lift Women Up campaign is actually 52 weeks every year. We'll have new ones coming out at the beginning of next year. But there's simple little things that you can do is like, uh, you know, talking to another woman, lifting another woman up, making a phone call. Uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, when I do do my podcast, the first thing that I do is I ask them to tell me about their personal story because there's always a connection and something that we can help each other with. So uh, call somebody up, say hello, you know, and invite somebody to go with you. You know, again, simple things that you can do, uh, you know, at work, uh, ask them to help with a project. You know, I mean, there's so many things, but it really is that, again, asking, to, asking for help and giving help. But uh, again, just realizing that anytime that you smile at another woman, or you say hello to another woman, you give her a compliment. I mean, isn't it, isn't it wonderful if someone says to you, I really like your outfit, boy, that's really pretty. When we give compliments and we really, we're encouraging and lifting other women up. But again, it's on a day-to-day -day basis that we do that. Yeah. Because and it's all free. It's all free. It doesn't cost a thing, but using your heart. It's free. And when you put it out there, it comes back to you threefold. Everything you put out comes back to you. No doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. So lift, another, lift yourself, as you, but lift as you rise. Mm -hmm. I love that. Everyone's seeking connection. And I think more than ever before, so many women and girls are telling us, I feel isolated. I feel alone. Like reintegrating into social situations, like a lot of women are anxious. Yeah. So it is, it's so important to lift each other up by a smile or a hello or, hey, let's go do this. Like today, my sister, before she had to go to work, she went on a walk with a new friend that we met at a Girl Powerful event. And Teddy was like, let's go walk because the girl's new to the area. So, you know, that little thing is, you know, the ripple effect of that is a large impact. That made her day and that made your sister's day too. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wins. Everybody every wins. That's true. All right. I have our last question that we ask every guest. Dr. Nancy, what makes you feel the most alive? Well, uh, you know, I, I'm very blessed uh, to have the horses. You know, the connection, my connection to animals and horses is really, I've been through some very difficult times in my life. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, horses and, and connecting with positive people but the horses have that horses are always happy to see you it's kind of like your dog you know I mean, they're always happy to see you but now people and the people in my life I mean I can my my best friends and and the horses I would say those are the things that really lift me up each and every day but again this is I make sure that that's in my life I make sure that I because I am deserving of those things and every woman needs to know that she is deserving of the very best things in her life. Yes. Amen. I believe that so much. Amen. What's up? What's next for um, you? And then where can people find you and connect? Okay. And connect well, with the, the Lift, Women Cam Lift Women Up campaign is ongoing. We now uh, are now doing audio podcasts. We're doing more of those. Uh, the audio book, uh, In This Together, is coming out as an audio book. So we'll be promoting that again. And I really encourage people to uh, uh, buy the book and get the audio book. Uh, 
the website, Women Connect for Good, uh, just go to drnancyoreilly.com. We have lots of, we have the podcast on the, uh, the web there. We have lots and lots of information. Many things that we've been talking about, we have articles, we have blogs, and all of it's free. And you can go and join, but join and become a part of it by joining our newsletter. And uh, like I said, take part in the Lift Women Up campaign, because if every woman today lifted another woman up, the world would be a much better place by tomorrow. Yes, yes, it would. So and everyone listening, go check out. Just go to drnancyoreilly.com. All right, everybody listening, go lift a woman up today. Be her cheerleader and be her friend and open your heart up a little bit. Dr. Nancy, thank you so much. We thank really you. do look up to you and you inspire thank us. You. And we thank you. Are just well, you, you inspire me. You're starting where we need to start. The earlier, the better with girls and boys. If we can start to really, really lift them up and engage them in such wonderful, just taking care of each other. If we all took care of each other, the world would be so much better. So congratulations on what you and your sister are doing. I, I just love it. So Thank Women Connect for Good is supporting you. So whatever we can do to continue to help. So All right. Let us All right. Thank you Thank so you. much. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.